Hey, welcome to the 195th episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. This episode is brought to you by patrons Jamie Sadler, Tamar, and Tim Morrill. I'm Oren Kaplan. And I'm Matt Enlow. Today we're doing our end-of-the-year roundup with a bunch of pals. We've got Carlin Hudson, Roxy Shi, and Tim Nakashi in the house. We're going to talk about the end of the year and the beginning of the next. Yeah, I found that the entire discussion I was trying to get everyone else to admit that their year has been unsatisfying creatively, and nobody would agree with me. Everyone had great years. Um, Um, I think I was unsatisfied, right? You were mildly unsatisfied, but I was unsatisfied with how much you were unsatisfied. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, you can tell how badly my life sucks, but I'm just oblivious to it. No, no, I <laughs> wish you were. I'm. I was trying to commiserate more, but anyway, it's a really fun conversation. Roxy, Carlin, Tim—they're all doing really awesome things this year, and I don't know. It was just real fun. I also think we finished like three bottles of wine. Sure, I don't uh, remember that conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, they. That's a it's such a wonderful group, and I didn't realize that they all sort of knew each other. So that was really fun as well. I think, you know, it's a fun tradition to do the end of the year roundup and for it to be a little looser and a little more like a kind of like a unwinding of the of the year. So it's a real treat. Do you think we're lucky that we get to talk about what we do in detail with friends and wine so often? Yeah. Like, I don't think a lot of filmmakers get that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I think... The only thing that isn't about luck is that we really have worked basically every day for close to five years cultivating <laughs> that. So, like, it's not, it didn't happen on accident or, or out of nothing. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm intensely grateful that we get to do that. And also, you know, I think my parents both loved their jobs to varying degrees, depending on the day of the week, but like, didn't find the same joy that we do in connecting with other people who did that and shared that vocation you know like it's we're lucky that like our lives are our art are our passions are our work you know yeah yeah sometimes they take it for granted that we talk to other filmmakers i'm like yeah that's like i mean it's like you're talking to your colleagues everyone does that but then i keep running into filmmakers that are like oh yeah i listen to your podcast because i don't talk to other directors and it's where i get my dif- different perspectives on what i'm doing wasn't that the point of the show yeah i don't know i guess i lost <laughs> track of it well anyhow thank you for listening we really appreciate you all we appreciate our patrons most of all if you go to patreon.com slash just shoot it pod you can become a patron too if you pledge ten dollars you'll get a just shoot it hat then you'll be all the talk of your filmmaker group if you have a filmmaker group, if you're just one person, then the hat will keep you company. You know, I'm also, I'm going to endorse the dollar a month patron as well. I think those are, my two favorites are the like, hey, a drop in the bucket or like, hey, I want a hat. You know? Yeah. And to be clear, the dollar a month endorsement is a paid endorsement. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's 100% paid. But yeah, no, I think like, look, every little bit counts. And I think that there is something genuinely uplifting for us about seeing the number of patrons increase like the the total amount is really wonderful as well i'm not putting that down by any means but seeing incremental growth in the number of people that are a part of this community is really fun and helps us keep going yeah did you notice that we have one patron that pledges a dollar 23 a month i bet that's a patreon thing i bet that's like 
because that's probably the percentage of money that they take out or something like that. Mm, I don't know. I think they just... That sounds high, wrote, though, actually. One, two, three. <laughs> no, everyone that's else funny. is like 10, 1, 4, 6, 10, 10, 10, 20, 4, 1, 1, 2. I had this not... This person has 123. I had not noticed that. No, that's great. Their credit card also got declined. So. <laughs> <laughs> they can be a bot. Who knows? Or... or, or. I think Patreon actually, to their credit, Patreon has had issues with international people as well. So it could just be one of our friends uh, yeah. who does just not some mild US. xenophobia going on at Patreon. Ugh, I hope not. Anyway, let's talk to our very good friends Roxy, Carlin, and Tim. Before we get into the show, we're going to tell you about our sponsor, Musicbed, by talking to their owner, Daniel McCarthy. It's obvious that you hop onto Musicbed. You can tell that the caliber of artists are super high, right? And I think that our listeners are really uh, conscientious of making sure that, like, the people that they're collaborating with, even if it's online, are really well taken care of. Is there an equitable profit share? Yeah, one of the things is we are artist-friendly, so the artist receives the majority of the royalty. I think another thing, just as far as how we collaborate with our artists... We sign them because we fell in love with their music at some level, their sound, and there's some sort of magic, right? We always talk about that. Like, it ha there has to be some level of magic so that they begin to understand a filmmaker at a deeper level and ultimately begin, begin to create uh, music that connects on a much better level. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, awesome. Thanks again to Musicbed for sponsoring this episode of Just Shoot It. If you want to get a free month of a Musicbed subscription or 20% off your next single song license, Head to musicbed.com and use the promo code just shoot it. All one word. Thanks. Okay, we are here with our panel of live directors. Much hey, better everybody. than the, the dead director panel. <laughs> um, uh, this is our, our New Year's, like our end of the year kind of wrap up. I feel like we've done this a couple times. It's a little looser. A little boozier, even. Yeah. This is the <laughs> hell yeah. The, the first uh, time we shout out to Rafi Fine. Send yeah, sure. Us a Twelve pack of wine. <laughs> We're gonna finish all of it tonight. <laughs> we'll crack Mission. all of it. Yeah. yeah. End, end of the decade. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, true. Yes. That's true. The decade. Oh, yeah. blew over. Do you want to start over? <laughs> <laughs> None of us knew. Oh, Goodbye shit. to the teens. <laughs> I, you know, I am disappointed that like. People didn't say like, "Come on, it's the teens." You know what I mean? Like, no one said well, that. People used to say like, "Ah, it's they the are 90s. the ones that are yeah. causing all the problems." No one <laughs> ever thinks about the teens. Yeah. The te that's true. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, to introduce everybody real quick, going around, we've got Roxy. Hi. Hi, Roxy. Roxy Happy to be back. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. For Look, having me again. Happy to be repeat <laughs> offenders. So. You might know her from our live genre directors panel. I'm just waiting for my um, regular podcast versus me. And the person uh, voted by Mark Zuckerberg as most Facebook stories ever released, ever posted. Wow. They actually sent you a thank you basket, right? She has like one of those gold she also got a placards. A gold thing of wine. Basket. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. For wow. uh, Carlin uh, Hudson. Hello. Back again. Yeah. A Can't staple. get rid of me. I Just live here. Just shoot at Staple. Uh, and Tim Nakashi. <laughs> Back okay. again. It's been a minute, Tim, actually. It's been kind of a while. Well, he, um, you're one of our oldest guests. And thanks. I do mean. In age. Exactly. In every way. But Tim, was you're one of our first guests. Yeah, That's really? true. Remember yeah, we like talked about that. Like three? Okay, go music video back when. Wait, how, how, when you had you an mean, OK Go really, music video career. Was I really that uh, one of your first guests? I think you you're were probably like, like first 20 or something. Definitely first 20. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. And we're, wow. this, we're almost at 200. So. Damn. Top 10%. And then you were you were both on our commercial panel, Carlin and yes. Tim. So 
That's right. Um, all directors here. Outdoors. Yeah. True. Wow. Okay. Well, let's get to it. So That's the only thing I got from that. <laughs> there was pizza. Yeah, yeah. The pizza was good. Yeah. There was delicious. A cool poster printed out. Or, um, let's or kick it off. Okay, what, you've got a, a topic for us. Yeah. So it's almost Thanksgiving. It's gonna be Thanksgiving in two days, and this episode will also probably come out closer to the to the end of the year. Yeah, right. Year, yeah. But according to Matt. Thanksgiving is pretty much the end of the year work-wise. No, no, no. I actually think that the work year lasts kind of until like early January. Basically, like people are still kind of like you were up for a couple jobs this this week, right? Yeah. There's still commercial jobs to be had as people are spending down their budgets. But they're the rush jobs. And like, yeah, I feel like so many of them just get canceled or pushed Mm -hmm. because people realize they're rushing into them. Like, we have to spend all our money before the end of the year. And then they just like, I say, they're not good. Let's do it. Bring it on. Give me. Hell yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Well, so I know it's only November, but I think it's an okay time to kind of look back at 2019. And I thought. What a better way to look at it as directors than comparing it to 2018. So feel free to answer this or not answer this, but Roxy. <laughs> well, but I, was, I gotta tell you, my tongue feels a little numb from this chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> it's poison. I'll, I'll bring us something else after this no, first this is question. Great. I'm like, I feel, I feel great. Um, <laughs> did you make more money in 2019 or 2018? You know what? At first, I thought the first half of 2019 was going super sour. And then the second half, like now in the past six months, I'm like, well, it's been a huge turnaround. And I think we've all had a very, very hard year in very different ways. I think everyone I knew was going through something. So um, I'm really excited to start off the new decade with like a fresh perspective and more money in the bank. Oh, mm-hmm. hell yeah. Hell yeah. I so think 2018 that, yeah. was better financially than 2019. No, 2019 was better. But it's like it came at a rush. Yeah. you, Roxy, you're kind of in the middle of a hot streak. At the beginning of a hot streak, let's hope. But like, you just wrapped a movie. You're going into another one on Sunday. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. You know? Like you're like cranking. And this is directing or producing? Directing. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. You, you basically stopped producing a couple of years ago. I. You were like, stopped. I worked with Enlo, and now it's. it's oh over. my god. <laughs> I, I love producing. Back. It's it's. It, I still do it. I still oh, do I it. Yeah, I still do it. I still produce music videos on the side. I do a lot of stuff with Little Ugly, and I still support emerging voices, emerging f- filmmakers, and like young women of color, you know, and their stuff. So as long as they're like properly, you know, funded and like we can actually make something, then I would do it, yeah. you know, because um, I think it's important to do that. And I also really love producing. I'm not gonna lie. Like sometimes I don't want to direct. Like, oh, interesting. It's a different type of stress, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And depending on the project, it's like you got to choose your battles. So um, And and so would you say that your income, th- this year's income is... Significantly better. Significantly better. And thanks to directing. Thanks to directing, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now producing is kind of like a passion project sort of situation. <laughs> yeah. <It kind laughs> ironically, of, yeah. ironically that's what Good. it's been. Yeah. Cool. It's awesome. Okay, Carlin, did you have a better 2019 or 2018 just from an income level? You know, I kind of think they're similar. I, I bet I made just a little bit more money this year, but but not by a ton, but I directed more stuff this year. Cool. Well, what, you're getting uh, ahead to my, my second question. Oh, okay. It all ties together. Oh, mm-hmm. I see. What yeah. about you, Tim? Tim? Yeah. yeah, this year is better. Man, I'm so jealous. This was my first year of directing full-time where I this was a dip for sure. But last mm-hmm. year was very strong, and so this mm-hmm. year is like less strong. But that it's happens. always like that. I think it just always comes in like big waves. Sure. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, and I think that's something that 
I think our listeners who are, you know, we always kind of say our listeners are like 50% working filmmakers and 50% kind of aspiring filmmakers or people in a, either in film school or like part-time filmmakers, part-time filmmakers are doing something adjacent to filmmaking. Like they're working in an ad agency, you know, but they want to direct more. Um, and I think it, it's just important to see that the life of a director is not about like this steady climb and it's just so much more about ebbs and flows and it's all about backsliding. Yeah. 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 Like pits of depression. Well, that's and, all part of it. Guys. Yeah. And knowing that that, that is like part of the whole game is like, you're going to be super bummed and you're gonna be super happy. But yeah, I had like a really like my 2019 from an income level was really good. And I think it also like had like nothing in January and February. And then it just ended up being like a really good year. You had some spots. In oh, no, actually, January. I had a really amazing January. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you yeah, know, but, I had but, some <laughs> dips. But, but maybe like, like, like February and March, it, it was there was a slow spot for you for sure. Yeah. So it was like a really good year financially. But I think from like a creative standpoint, and this is kind of segueing into the next question is like, do you feel like you were, I wanted to ask you guys if you feel like you worked on like better projects this year than last year. Wait, can I ask a question? Yeah. Just sort of going off what you talked about in terms of those moments of nothingness. Like I'm interested to see what everybody does in the, in that downtime, because I know that a lot of people, especially emerging filmmakers struggle with the anxiety of not knowing what's coming next and the potential of nothing ever happening. So I'd want to know if all of you like take time to prep for something, knowing that opportunity is just a matter of time or do you spend your time elsewhere? You mean, I mean, I, like, like not in bed? <laughs> well, in bed too. You know, I think that there's always, I, I'm curious because how do people use that time? Everyone uses their time differently. Sure. I mean, I think there's like the healthy way to use that time mm-hmm. and then maybe the, the more, desperate or or the wallowing the more depressed version of that right yeah Um, and i think everybody probably has like a a balance between those two i suspect that no one well i don't know whenever i talk to you guys when i call carlin and she's not working on something she's writing something i write all the time you're great at that like you guys are really good at it but i i I basically just had had the experience a few times of like coming up with an idea that didn't know where it what its home was going to be and then something came up and i had this idea and it like just hit mm-hmm. for that moment or whatever. Wait, and what we'll, do you mean, like an idea yeah. that matches with a potential project? Well, it'd be a music video like concept mm-hmm. that okay. like I didn't nobody mm. was asking for. So you you have the shoebox ideas, I call them. It's just yeah. like oh, oh like, this is the cool. way to yeah. And so like the the you use feeling, the shoebox app. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. But we should make one. Is that one? No, we should. Yeah, but like just good. the like that experience of like make. Come up with your own idea. Literally, mm-hmm. nobody asked for it. It doesn't apply to anything. And then having that turn into something feels so good that, that and it's happened a few times, so that I always am like, okay, this project's done. I don't know what's coming up next. So I'll just see if I have any of those ideas and see what comes up. And, and that sort of feeling drives me a little bit. But do you feel like that's a very specific way of like, obviously, these ideas that you're coming up with are like visual mm-hmm. ideas or like editing ideas or music ideas Stories, or time ideas. All kinds of things. But I guess it's like if you had a feature idea and then someone offers you a commercial, then did, like it's a feature during their whole commercial. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, you're right. You do, it's it, it's pretty wild. Like you don't know where something's going to apply. But if you have a feature idea, you should be writing that fucking feature idea so yeah i guess i'm just saying you've trained yourself to like like to get inspired by things that easily match with other people whereas like if you're like i want to 
I have this idea about cheerleaders, and then someone's like, we need this commercial you know, for prostate But I don't medicine. really see it that way. <laughs> I don't really see it that way. Like, I don't see, like, oh, I've trained myself. I mean, not that you're saying something disparaging, but, like, it's not like I'm only going towards ideas that I think have applications or appeal to people. It's something that, you know, with the hope that, hey, if it if I'm literally blowing my own mind or whatever, maybe some other people will feel that way too. Right. right. When you, Tim, you do a good job of, like, you do documentaries, you do short form, you do features, you do music videos. So like there's a lot of different places that an idea would fit. Right. So. Right. Maybe, you know, I, I, well, I think to that point, I mean, it seems like everybody here is multifaceted and like, that's, that just also feels good. You know, like you're, I think what we're already talking about is how do you, how do you not let your spirits get crushed during Mm -hmm. the reality of this work? And I think, shifting gears all the time is like key you know i guess i'm just saying if you if you're not the type of filmmaker that like has all these ideas that match up perfectly with projects don't feel bad about yourself because i think that's like a very like michelle gondry type of filmmaker you know someone who can separate like the concepts that enjoys the concepts as much as the content you know not not that they're so separate from each other but i don't know just but that that's totally cool agree, yeah there's this podcast called how's work it's like a gimlet media podcast and it's this therapist who talks to couples that aren't like together romantically but work together and she like helps them work out their issues and i was listening to an episode and she was talking about how anxiety is like the opposite of creativity sure and yeah. when you're anxious it's really hard to be creative and to get creative it's like you need to be in this really open comfortable mode and i think i have this problem i think matt you were kind of pointing it out but like when i'm not working hmm. i go into like a little bit of like an anxiety state that makes it hard for me to like get inspired so i'm like what what's the idea what should i be writing like what hmm. what short should i be making what but it's hard to get inspired when you're like kind of checking your email every five minutes to see like if so there's you, a job coming in have you come up with some solutions to that or some things that no, i have that's I have why a we're having the panel yeah um, my therapist Shout out to Dr. J in Glendale. Oh. Um, she has given, I I seem really chill, and I am, but I too struggle <laughs> with anxiety. And um, I, what I've, when I'm in those states of like, how am I going to pay my bills? Like, what am I going to do with this? Ugh. When I get in those states of mind, I, I put on my calendar a time to worry. So like at 2 p.m., I'll wow. schedule 20 minutes to like <clears throat> freak the fuck out about bills. And I will, and even the act of putting it on my calendar of like, here's the time I've set aside in my day to freak out about this or worry about this. Usually I don't even, when it gets to 2 p.m. or whatever, I don't even need that time. But just like having a place to put that and the permission to worry about it at some point really helps me. So you're never like, let me get that out of the way now. No, that doesn't usually work for me. No, I mean the 2 p.m. worrying, you don't, you don't, how do you, like, I guess to me it's like, it's hard for me to not worry Well, because about if I'm stuff. like spiraling and I'm journaling about it or whatever, and I'm like, I really would rather be writing right now. This is not what I want to do. I'm going to put that, I'm going to figure, I'm going to do this later. I'm going to set aside time later. So it's like if, I, if I'm looking at my body and I'm like, man, I wish I was more fit. I don't necessarily go to the gym right that moment, but I will schedule a, a Pilates class later in the week. That sounds like one of those things that doesn't sound like it would work, but it totally works. It totally works. works. For, some, to me, it for me. It doesn't, I'm sure, work for everyone, but... It's uh, something that I do. I just turn my anxiety into excitement. And that's why I'm excited all the time. <laughs> <laughs> or I call Enlo to have a coffee date with yeah, me so yeah. I could just be miserable. Yeah, I mean, I think there is something about like 
reaching out to people who are in a similar place to you, you know, making time, like figuring out when you're the most creative and like give yourself permission to do that work. But yeah, look, it is real, you know, certainly like, especially I think on short term jobs, I think the, the treadmill of doing commercial work, it's really high highs. You know, you're up for jobs all the time. The churn is just so much. Everyone loves you. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> until love, you don't get the job. Until you don't get the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And then you do get the job, and then you're wondering why you you didn't get their next job. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And like you're like, oh great, well I'm already old news then, right? And so that can be tricky. But I think sometimes maybe part of what I like to do, and this doesn't always work, and it's probably not the most healthy. But if you can use that anxiety to like think through ways to create other opportunities for yourself that can help at least right because i think part of what we're all freaked out about is that like we've got a short list of people that hire us and if those people all aren't going to hire us for the immediate future then it's easy to feel like well that's it you know what i mean like None of my friends are going to call. I know they're all working. I saw on Instagram or whatever. See, that's the thing. Instagram you know? is such bull. It's such yeah. a lie. And sure. you turned off your Instagram this week. And I think it's important that like, because I love to talk about um, unworking this comparison model on on the internet and i feel like this industry just forces us to compare ourselves to one another all the freaking time like someone else gets a job you simmer about it and you're like how did they get the job and i didn't then you have to go into the comments box and be like congrats man so happy (laughs) for you represent well you know and um (laughs) and then we have to go and do that work and be like all right it's not they chose him for a reason and like i still have my path and i just want to just deconstruct that notion of like everyone's success isn't just overnight you know we all sort of have to work for it and have a discussion with each other about like how real it is that we all sort of go through the same thing and it's not a steady climb like you said and um yeah it's always gonna be like this in a way even if you've made it you know like the higher like i'm always like i want to level up right and we're all like trying to get to the next level but i always joke like but when I get my first Oscar, I'm going to be like, oh, what about the next Oscar? Yeah. You know, it's like, well, that's the, the, yeah. the problem. It was yeah. a weak year. Yeah. 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 I, I guess there's this fantasy that like that you let you keep leveling up until you're at a place where the offer, you just get more offers than you can do. And so then you just start picking things and you'll never be slow. Right. Because there will always be more demand than supply. Um, yeah, but, but I don't know if that's of, really a true thing or not. And even know. if it is, I think there's a certain point where also you're like, oh, well, is this the work I should be doing? Like then totally. if time is a premium, then all of a sudden it's like, well, should I be doing this Cheez-Its commercial? And like, I've got a, yeah. an incredible feature in me. And like, I haven't, I, yeah, that I Oscar was five years ago. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. It takes three years to make a movie, you know? Mm-hmm. No, but Cheez-Its, I mean. Yeah, sure. Cheez-Its, delicious. I Listen, love your kidneys, Cheez-Its. braces. I get it, man. Yeah. You know? But there's such a demand for content now. Sure. You know, I think that I don't know if you feel this way. I feel like I feel very privileged saying this, but like when I pitch to companies now into other new platforms, one coming up every single day, I'm like, are you going to market this? Is anyone going to see it? You know, like you put your heart and soul into developing this for years. Sure. And it's just like a different beast now. It is. But I just have the hot take. I don't know if this is a hot take (laughs) that it's um, I think it's like inevitably the industry will be making less content again, I think. I think Mm -hmm. it's on its way. Yeah, Yeah. and so then it becomes a question of quality 
over quantity and who's going to ride out the this next wave like people who make super quality stuff not just like the best resume for quantity i would also say even notoriety yeah which is another slightly different version way of saying quality but like i think i mean you know i, I think all of us have worked really really hard on things that like were for platforms that didn't end up going anywhere and mm-hmm. we kind of had a hunch that was going to be the case you know and then it's yeah. like well, what do we know one went 90 yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh my god i mean i just think we're all learning that the platform that something plays on is pretty important. And, you know, sometimes with good marketing, a platform or a channel can rise up and seem suddenly really more interesting than they were a few years ago. But there are a lot, there's just a lot of bullshit out there, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. And Chris McQuarrie, who tweets way too much, but says some pretty smart things, said that when he focuses on results, like it, he rarely has success, but when he focuses on execution, is mm-hmm. kind of how you make good work you know and at the end of the day that's like the only thing you're in control of mm-hmm. and yeah i think we matt like matt said we are trying to we are working really hard and trying to make really good things but a lot of times our partners are not really focused on execution they're focused on how many views or how much money it costs or who's in it right. or uh various things that you know I, I think it it's hard especially in commercials to make something that you think is like really perfectly executed so career-wise, do you guys think that this year you had you? Did you guys level up? Do you feel like you're you are you you're on the next step of your career? I know Roxy's, Roxy's, Roxy's nodding and directed like seven movies in the last yeah, week. Yeah. She's so. actually directing right now. It's really <laughs> incredible to watch her. <laughs> yeah. Um, where do you want me to put this mic? <laughs> um, no, it's been it's been really incredible. I think there was a period of stagnation after I made my second feature, and then there was just a whole bunch of nothing. I got repped, and then um, and how long was that? stagnation would you say i would say from the summer of 2017 mm-hmm. until now to basically now yeah yeah and then um and then uh, post took two years a uh, three years on dark web and that finally released this year on amazon prime and comic-con and all that stuff and then uh painkillers also released this year so then when that started happening i was like oh good at least everything that i was working on is officially out now yeah and then i think i wanted to leave the genre space a little bit and explore other the you know just explore my versatility a little bit more and then i got really lucky got attached to pulling to paradise which is the movie i'm starring on sunday and it's a road trip dramedy starring jonathan with nikki and trema walker and um uh, did you know that the human head weighs eight pounds is my head super big right now <laughs> it a, is exploding that's a jonathan lipnicki joke oh never no. mind I do, I'm, an, I'm, an immig- I'm an immigrant i don't i didn't watch any of his stuff actually you didn't, you didn't, that's I, a jerry Maguire joke that's his i never thing. watched jerry Maguire. it's so funny Wait, i met with him on. this morning and i was like i never knew any of like your kid acting stuff i just know you as you you haven't seen jerry Maguire? <laughs> it's not that good I think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty good. When yeah. was the last time you guys watched it? Cameron like Crown? last year. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. I, I Show me the money. I, yeah. You guys. Right. I, I maybe think that Cameron Crowe has only made one good movie. Almost, Almost famous. famous. Almost Famous. Which is incredible. It's a masterpiece. It's, it's incredible. Fast Times maybe gets a pass, but like. <laughs> no, anyway. totally. What he's, was that? He's the kid you should, from. You should, but he didn't, did he direct Fast Times? No, yeah, he wrote, wrote it. He, he wrote and, it. And uh, what's her Spheres. name? No. Yeah. Uh, no, Fast Times is Amy... Heckerling. Heckerling. You're right. Pardon me. Ugh. Ah, Ugh. Awkward. Crushed. Ugh. Crushed. Like, yeah, so awkward. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's Carlin just knew that Matt was wrong. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> uh, someone named Amy. 
Hey everyone, the biggest movie out right now that everyone is talking about is The Irishman. It's on Netflix. It's a Scorsese flick. It's got De Niro, it's got Pacino, it's got Pesci, it's got all sorts of amazing visual effects, and we wanted to tell you about a podcast that is basically the Just Shoot It podcast of The Irishman. Yeah, it's the official three-part companion podcast from Netflix. The show is called Behind the Irishman. It's hosted by co-star and comedian Sebastian Maniscalco. They go behind the scenes on costuming, on how they achieved the effects, really a super deep dive into that movie. It's conversations with De Niro and Scorsese about like how long it took them to actually make this movie possible and also how they got Joe Pesci out of retirement. Yeah. Home Alone 15 wasn't good <laughs> enough. <laughs> Please watch the movie. It's on Netflix right now before you listen to this podcast because there's a ton of spoilers. The first episode is already out and there's new episodes coming out every Monday. And this is just one of a ton of podcasts that Netflix is producing for various shows. They did one for Stranger Things. There's one coming out right now for The Crown. And this is actually their first one that's dedicated to a single film. Yeah, so if you want to check it out, search for Behind the Irishman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. So do you guys... So. So you feel like your career has kind of taken off in 2019. It was so weird because it's like that happened and then I got offered another movie and then I was trying to see if I could do it all, you know. So I took on this challenge to see how it goes because I'm currently in post for one and then starting another one. Then I got offered another one for first quarter next year. And who's offering you these movies? It's so they're coming from all over the place, like some from producers I've worked with years ago that I thought have forgotten about me. And then some from and are they seeing reps? Like, I mean, you are pretty active on social media. Is that, do you think that is a big part of why people are remembering you? I would be a liar to say if branding wasn't a part of it. You know, I think that you really have to develop your own personal brand. And I'll be honest and I'll say this in public. I don't think I'm that talented. Like, I, no. But well, that's what, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. No, that, I, mean, I, I really don't. I think no, that. No, but everyone kind of thinks yeah, that about themselves. Yeah. And, yeah. And, but I think that people just really like my vibe. And yeah, your point being, though, that like there are other reasons that people like to work with you. Is that what you're trying yeah, to say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's a, yeah. Like it's because I didn't, you know, like I didn't go to film school. I like started off as a producer and like yeah. then well, I started into directing. No, no, no. This Carla isn't and I are both be. doing like the when duck face. The films, like, we were like, like nah. 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 <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, I, I think I, I don't I don't want to cut you off, but I'm going to cut you off. Um, Thanks a lot, man. Uh, <laughs> Let I, her I, speak. Well, but what you're saying, you're talking about imposter syndrome. You know what I mean? Oh, so I just, what, 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 yeah. I think that like what I'm trying to say is that I think everybody ha- feels those feelings and that mm-hmm. doesn't have anything to do with talent, whether you quote unquote have it or not or whether that even exists is what right. I'm getting at. Right. So like. It, I think it's okay to say like, hey, there are other reasons that are really valid for why people love to work with you and also you make good movies. But people wouldn't wouldn't hire you if no. you didn't make good movies. Yeah, it is the imposter syndrome. I think I'm actively still working through it after three movies. You but, know, what but do you just know? to back Roxy up a little bit. I think I think I, that's what I was doing. I'm, I, hope, I hope I was backing. You were no, 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 you were you were backing her up Jesus. as a talented director. But, <laughs> but I think that there is something to like from me going from my first movie to my second movie. I doubt that anyone who like let me do the second movie actually watched my first movie. You know, I think there was like where it premiered, what awards it won, who was in it, and what happened with it is sure, what the, got the me. 
the second movie and just the genre and all sure, those sure, things. Sure, sure, sure. But, but also, the reason that it played all of those places is because it's good. So the reason that people trust that resume of things, right? Like, obviously, there's a lot of politics and all that other things that, like, make people believe that a movie is good or not. But, like, the quality does play a very large part in all of that, right? So in the same way that, like... The reason that people think you're good is because you're doing good work is, is all I'm saying. And like, yeah. I just want listeners to hear that, right? And I want you two to hear that. I want everybody to hear that is what I'm saying. Thanks, Enlo. But I, yeah, I but, guess I don't think, I, like, if you make a smash hit like Game of Thrones or something where people are actively, like, coming, they're like, who made that? And I must find them because this sure. is incredible. And but it's the also easy to say, like, oh, well, they, they're just fans of the books or they already had HBO or whatever. I, that's in people mm-hmm. to just dispel... Just, just the good work that they're doing. Right, right. But I'm, I'm, I guess what I'm saying is, what I'm backing Roxy up on is not whether the work she did was good, you know, or not. It's about that it's not really enough just to do good work, I think. Yeah. It, that she's getting That's all fair. these offers coming in, not because she made Dark Web and Painkillers and all these things. I mean... No, that's exactly my point. Like, I, I haven't seen Dark Web or Painkillers, but right. when I saw it, what, this is, a, she did an Amazon Prime show, she did a Hula movie, she did The Tribe, she did all these things, like, let's have her on the podcast. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, you know, obviously you knew her also, but <laughs> but I, I'm saying that, and I, and now that I'm, like, friends with her on Facebook, I get to see, like, all the other projects she's involved in, and, like, the people she's working with, like, that is part of what makes, like, if someone was like, hey, do you know a director, you know, that does these types of movies? That's like why Roxy would pop into my mind because I'm very aware of her. It wasn't like she was just on the podcast. And I think she's really good at not just doing good work, but like keeping like that heartbeat of in you people's minds. You narrowed down what I was trying to say. I think the the point of that was I don't feel like it's enough to just be a good director. I see. Mm-hmm. Like, like you have to have branding. You know, it's like, what are you good at? How, how, what's your reputation? Like, what's your notoriety? Mm-hmm. You know, and people are like, she's great on set. Oh, my God, you're going to love her is what they say about me. And I'm like, okay, but I know they haven't seen my work. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that's just sort of what I was trying to pinpoint. Yes, imposter syndrome. I think we all have that. We all have that. Um, and for the record, women and people of color have even more. Yeah. <laughs> but, sure. Statistically. Yeah. I'm sure. Right. But, but also, I think it's your, your voice. That's also coming across in this branding and and this the notoriety, but it, you know, right? If you're a real dick, don't post it on. Don't post yourself on social. Yeah, media. but I mean, I think like in your comedy or in this the way you might talk about something or what you share and the the way you share it, I feel like those things. At least I would like to think that when I do it, in some way or another, expresses my voice. You know, mm-hmm. and that's I think also an, appeals to people, or it doesn't. Maybe they hate it, but. Yeah, I think there's like a list of like 10 things that would get you more work without you doing anything additional. Like if you win an Oscar, like if you win Sundance, you know, if you win TIFF, if you have the biggest script sale of all time or something, like those are the things that get people to get you. Maybe if you're on the blacklist or something, but I think 95% of the good work that we do, if you directed an amazing episode of The Good Wife, I don't think that means 100 people are coming to find who you are you know sure right. yeah yeah fair enough like mostly because the recognition not does anymore. speak volumes for people but we're just trying yeah. to say you are talented we love you <laughs> we love you well carlin what about you i mean you've had you've been here for two and a half years now something like that no i've been in la like over four years but oh. i've known you maybe three 
Okay. <laughs> You've gotten it so messed up, dude. <laughs> well, somehow I feel... Doesn't Carlin feel like New Delhi? So, somehow. No. Carlin, no. just no. I'm here. so What in, are your in first Manchester. impressions? <laughs> the show is like four years old, and Carlin's been on it 30 times. <laughs> Too many times. <laughs> well, okay. Well, how do you feel? Because I feel like wow. you had some big things happen this year, but you also had big things happen last year. Well, last year, I... I, you know, I, again, I don't quite know if I'm, I think I made slightly more money this year, but maybe not. I don't know. I've definitely directed more work that I'm proud of this year. And I've, I'm working with an Oscar nominated producer developing my next feature. I'm, I got a Sundance rejection today. Oh, hey. congratulations. <laughs> it was so nice. For, um, a, for a script cheers. or for, for a, a short. Okay. Um, but, um, I, and I directed two shorts this year that I, that are like high quality. That you um, wrote also. No. But oh. I didn't. But I was yeah, pretty neither involved. Of them, right? Neither yeah, of them yeah. I wrote. Yeah. Written how, pilots. how did they find you? The short people? Well, one of them, we, my friend Anna Feinberg, she has like a deal at Showtime, whatever. We, She wanted to direct, she wanted to write something that I would direct that our friend Kelly would produce. And so we all kind of got together and like tossed around ideas and we picked this one. And um, the other one was College Humor People. Oh, cool. Yeah. But it was outside of the college humor yes. ecosystem. Yes. No, but this has been, I also directed like a, a GIF spot, which I, I don't have that many huge brands GIF. on my reel. It's GIF, <laughs> it's but GIF. hilarious for you, that's the whole joke of the spot. Oh, really? GIF versus GIF. So. You should be a creative Noise. director. Yes, you should. Um, it's been, I think for me creatively, it's been a big year, like a really big yeah. year. Also, you... You know your feature. You feel like you got into really good shape, and like yes, you've been on a lot of meetings, mm-hmm. which I think maybe is validating creatively as well. Yeah, I just am. I I really feel like writing is a big part of my path, which sucks because it's fucking hard and lonely. <laughs> You're just like, what am I doing? But um, it is something you have control over, and it's free. And so I'm glad to have discovered this part of my my voice and my the path that I'm on because I will I, I want to keep writing features and I'll write more pilots but um you know I'm not just a director I'm a writer director slash creator which is a different thing you know I want to talk a little bit about um you mentioned finding your voice do you feel mm-hmm. like that's something that coalesced this year and if so why is it found yeah, did you did you? I think it's going it? to keep changing. Sure. Is what I'm what I'm. But I but I really this year I've just decided to put all my uh, personal stuff out there. Cool. <laughs> Much to the chagrin of my exes and uh, <laughs> my mother for the next project I'm doing and mm-hmm. uh, other stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just honing in on like what makes me unique and doing. And that's, you know, we all have stuff that makes us unique. So I'm just working on finding that and like leaning hard into that. Like, what about my feature? Even though it's not, it is based on a true story that's not about me. How do I see myself directly in my protagonist? Which it's pretty startling how much we have in common. Even though she was like a 17 year old girl in West Virginia when we start, you know, when the story takes place. But yeah, I feel like I have started to find my voice this year because I've also started to find me as a human. (laughs) Sorry, I love it when that happens. Oh, it's true. Thank you. Thank you. Growing. We're all growing. Glow up, girl. We're all Always up. learning. That's cool. Yeah, we were, yeah. before we started recording, we were talking about a friend we have in common that has been working for this company for a couple of years, right? 
mm-hmm. and like writing and directing and producing and making a living. And it's like a very famous company that everyone has heard of. And now she just left the company. She got repped by big agents and managers as a writer. Mm-hmm. But so she's probably making like much less money and has much yes. less of a structured life and much less. So it's like on one hand, it's like this giant leap forward. But on the other hand, it's probably like anxiety inducing. Totally. But I'm always thinking about the the long term and my short term finances have always suffered <laughs> because of that. But I do feel with each passing year, I'm like, I'm getting closer and closer to my goals, to the things I know that I'm going to achieve. I always think about something that Payman Benz talked about, maybe not on the podcast, but he was there's no shortcuts basically mm-hmm. right like so it's easy to kind of be seduced by those short-term quick fast money jobs and like look I, everyone has to take those sometimes that's a, it's okay but also like the long-term play is kind of the only real one like at a certain point you just burn out and you can't do you can't cash in the same way that you thought you could once upon a time yeah, yeah. I can't wait till you guys all have kids and, or if you want them. And, yeah, uh, and, I don't have bills now. And see that no, it's not bills, but it's like no, it's different. Your obligation. It is different. Sure. To pay, you know, fifteen hundred bucks a month for a private preschool. Yeah, sure. Is or whatever it is in L.A. You know. Yeah. And I mean, not there isn't like a public option. You know, you can either be like a stay-at-home parent or you can pay. Oh, it's totally a ton it's of totally money different thing a month um, when you and, have kids and people depending on you financially. Yeah, you know? and so the work is like a little more, like making money, you know, it just seems a little bit more critical. But what about you, Tim? I, like, So you've been on our podcast for like four years, a few mm-hmm. different times. Obviously, you do commercials and music videos. You made like an amazing short last year, two years ago? Two years ago now, yeah. Two years ago. Thanks. Like I kind of, like, you know, you're kind of like me, I think, where I feel like I see you do these giant things and then you're kind of hanging out and then you're walking around Silver Lake and then you're getting really busy again. And then can be found. And and your work (laughs) is like places. I think your work is like undeniably like amazing. Like I've shown your videos to so many people like the Ray-Ban spot, like the OK Go video, like your short film. Um, I submitted it to Sundance under my own name. Oh, great. <laughs> How'd we do? Did you get a rejection? Did we got too? in, but then I felt weird going, so I didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um, I wish you did. No, but what's, so, like, how, how do you. How's that feature script going, though? Good. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. Okay. I, yeah. I sold the yeah, right option. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Keep me posted. <laughs> but, uh, like, how, what, like, how's your year? I, I mean. The year was good. I mean, it was a weird year because I kind of. Worked on a lot of like, commercial. I'm I'm sort of still new to commercials. I I feel like I'm still new to commercials in a way because I was just doing a lot. You've only been doing them for like, like rolling. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You directed <laughs> so many Carl's huge commercials. Carl's a human emoji, right? Now. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't. I guess that sounds weird to you, but yeah. like I've it done a far more me. music videos. Oh, uh, sure, sure. So relatively speaking, most of your career is music videos. And yeah, it's sort of all I know. Of but isn't a music video just six commercials edited? Back to back. Exactly. Music videos are exhausting. It used to be art. <laughs> They're but now so weird. it's just six commercials. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back to back. Like I just heard from somebody tonight about like a really big video and I was talking to the manager and there's something that's so different. The whole animal of music videos, as you know, is so different and you know too. Like you have somebody, they're, they're saying what they want and you have to, you, and you have to go in your mind immediately and say, 
what are they saying? Do they mean what they're saying? And why is it that they're saying that? Because all of these things are going to lead you to like the really what you should even be considering before you get creative and come up with a three minute silent movie that's going to go to their song or whatever. And I think you taught us like the first time you were on, you said sometimes like you find out that like one of the band members really wants to go to Japan or something. So like try to incorporate wow. like yeah. that into your Well, pitch. I definitely, yeah. If you, Something memorable should be a part of your video pitch. I mean, that's all I was really saying. And because, yeah, I had somebody say, oh, yeah, you pitched me ideas. Uh, was it the one that, where I'm going to go to Japan? That's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, no, wow. it was something else. I forgot. <laughs> Let's not talk about it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was a good year. So, anyway, just doing commercial stuff. But, you know, commercials are less gratifying, to be honest. But I did do one really creative commercial. And I hate to say it because it, that it was – for McDonald's in Europe. And it, but it was like, by far, I'll never do a cooler commercial. But Tim still knew at commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I know he that sounds crazy, but McDonald's. I'm pretty sure it's called the McDo. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's what they, oh, is that what they do? But, no. but McDonald's is pretty good in Europe. It's much better. Yeah. It tastes just like home. It tastes yeah. just like home, but better. Yeah. They put yeah. more beef in their French fries. What made this spot so special? Well, basically, they were like, we just wanted to have somebody walk in to his, get the new burger that they're offering in Europe and stuff. And I'm vegetarian, so that's great. But <laughs> basically, I uh, and I was like, well, let's, okay, cool. Let's do this, like, video collage thing. And basically, I could tell they were almost, like, a little bit nervous about it, which is always a good feeling. And mm-hmm. then they, I can't believe it, they went for it. And then we Wait, shot it's not this. the one where it's, like, each country has their own burger. No. What do you mean by video collage thing? Or maybe you just show me later. I'll show you. Yeah. yeah. It's like somebody's walking and their their heads in one context and their body, their torso is in a different and they're... Then they do a spin, and suddenly they're in a different one. How cool. You are like a Michelle Gondry. You're... Yeah. Yeah. Poor poor man's. Yeah. (laughs) Poor man's. I would say like upper middle class man's. Thank you. Okay, cool. I'll take that. Yeah. That sounds so rad. It was... I have to say. Thanks. I mean, it was... I have to say, as it was like... I hate to say that was like the probably the one of the most creative things I got That's to do. That's fucking cool year, to be able to do that with such Can a I big just corporation. Say something else? Like, and d- yeah, do you want to take it. back that commercials? Uh, you don't like just that one. The other ones were like, all right, but like also you've been writing. Oh well, no, yeah. I mean, I I feel like I've had a good year because for similar, it's, it's on on topic because I've been you know writing a script and I feel like it's very close and that has been like making me feel like. I could do any kind of work in the meantime because this feels like it's going to go somewhere. And, you know, since we're talking about like what we've been up to, I had somebody approach me from an agency about like this graphic novel that, you know, would I want to like read it and write a treatment and maybe let's turn this into a show. And I have to say that has never happened to me. I've never had anybody at any agency contact me for any reason. That's so exciting. And yeah, it's exciting. So how did they find you? They saw one of my videos and they liked a the music artist. video. Mm-hmm. Is it the mm-hmm. one with the mirrors? No. Yeah. What's the mirrors? I don't know. Everyone's oh. on the mirrors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's this. He um, forgot his own work. Ne- neon <laughs> Indian. It's oh, a neon yeah. Indian video. Oh, cool. The one cool. where he's from like, Austin. So that's yeah. true. Well, is he really? I Indian? think I know that video. It's cool. It is cool. He, yeah. the guy, artist made it like so cool because he just was down for like crazy stuff, and we kind of collaborated. When did on you it. direct that? four years ago that's crazy that's I a good so example too. of like 
you never quite know like the seeds you're planting now how they're going to pay off in the future yeah you never know i completely agree because i mean i think as a director you feel a little bit like you made something it already took two years for it to get out or whatever and you're just embarrassed and you're just like this wasn't even that good and then then we didn't get the money and all the creative ideas fell through our hands and now it's years later or whatever months later and then yeah to think someone stumbled on it and was like this person I, i'd like to spend some of my business time reaching out to them like to me that's anyway, so I thought, cool that's so, good roxy do you think if tim spent more time online <laughs> like promote like telling people he directed these things kind of building his own brand that this stuff wouldn't happen more often or faster <laughs> what? <laughs> well, because well, I, I think well, I, I'm kind of wrapping back around to the other thing, but I, it's something that I've been thinking about lately. I've been kind of posting more stuff lately, and I think it, it's, it hasn't led to more jobs, but it's led to like more conversations. And well, I, I think it's important to point out, though, that what Roxy is doing is still authentic to her personality and voice. You know, it's not like someone's twisting your arm to like be effusive on Instagram. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like Tim, you know, if I was like, hey, man, I need you to update and like talk directly to the camera and like tell us what you're doing, like do what Roxy does, you maybe not like it the same way. Right. So I think it's more just like what is the thing that every director does best is part of it. And that's not to say that. I guess there's just a lot of different ways to skin the cat is all, is all I'm saying. I agree agree with what you're saying. Um, I mean, doesn't Instagram pay you guys for your posts? Sure. 100%. Yeah. Can I, just making sure. Yeah. And devil's advocate, you know what I'm going to say? I've, I've recommended this in the podcast before, but Cal Newhart's Deep Work. There is an argument to be made that social media, the good that it does, does not at all outweigh the benefits of logging off and getting into a deep creative mind. Set. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, it depends. Are absolutely necessary. Yeah, yeah it just yeah. depends what you're. It's like I, I there's not. It's kind of like six dozen, whatever that expression is. Yeah, half yeah, of, yeah. yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think when we're describing, we're talking about branding yourself mm. separate, like separate. It's, we're not saying like, hey, you know, scroll Spend through Instagram. And, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's a sl- slightly separate conversation. This may be like not what you're looking for as an answer, but like. You made like a really cool reel of your work, right? Mm-hmm. In the last year, that was like a comment on reels. It was yeah. so good. What was it? Thanks. I yeah. called it the director's reel. <laughs> and yeah. what, but what was, remind me. It was like us. me talking about what makes a good reel and why, or how director's reels are so difficult to edit because it's not just about imagery. It's about, half of it is about like kind of pitching what celebrities you've worked with. And the other half is about trying to show yeah. that you can tell a story, but in like, three seconds which is very difficult but you kind of make a joke about making a reel yeah Yeah. it's like we start with the celebrity then you do this yeah i'm like like, by the way you know you just if like in worst case scenario just show every single type of thing so people will hire you to do every single type of thing i I just think that it's smart to have a strategy with everything especially if you're marketing your own material you know it's like people want to know what your story is and they want to know oh where'd you come from or like your background when you're at meetings they want to know about you they know you're talented they know that you spend time on your project but it's always just like who's the person telling it so i learned this because i was just like well honestly i realized my first couple pieces of work no one was really watching you know they didn't really care about that 
And then it's like, after I started learning, oh, how I promote, because, you know, coming from the producing background, it's like, from an indie space, it's like, how do you get more eyes on it? So I think that just sort of bled into my being, and as a filmmaker now, as a director, is that that's just become a part of it. Right. You know, and I found it very effective, because then I've built all these relationships in, you know, my community, the festival community, and all of that, that people are actually watching now. So then... And if you're including everybody in on it, then it becomes a more inclusive conversation and then you're making more of an impact. So just like this, you know, like just shoot it. You know, I think that is a whole part of that as well. Right. Yeah. And I would say that that's it's kind of the same. It's a different version of the same tactic. Right. It's like talk about yourself in a way that hopefully is not obnoxious, you know. Yeah, who's writing your bio on your website? What's writing a third person? Exactly. Can you write it for me? I will. <laughs> Carlin is amazing. <laughs> I, I guess what I'm, I'm saying is I, I, I think... Like Thank you. Just on this topic, like I, I just want, to, want people to have permission to like promote themselves. Because I, yeah. I do think, sure. like Tim, your work is... I mean, everyone here has really good work, but your work specifically, I've like shown to so many people in a way that I like don't... Like yours is actually good no (laughs) no i think it's a new commercial director however i think it i think certain things i did say i feel feel like like, no but literally that mcdonald's commercial you described i'm like oh fuck like i wish i did that commercial and that's the only thing i would need to show people to get a job from now on but and to matt's point like of course you have to be authentic you shouldn't be like hey, here's a picture of me on set that I just took. And then it's really from like seven years ago because you took 50 pictures and you're saving one for each week on Instagram. Like, I, I don't have a problem with that. That's but a like, good plan. But the, the, you're saying personality-wise, like personality. Tim's not a, like, hey, look at me. Yeah. Or he's not a look you, at me, but he's you, like, hey, I had this cool idea. He can either tell me at, you know, Ohana Pokey Factory or whatever, or he can like p- put it on Instagram or on Twitter. And I, are, you, are you kind of saying you don't think I promote myself enough? <laughs> Honestly, no, honestly, I, well, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm doing, it's a big buildup. So this doesn't come as an insult. Oh boy. Oh, no. <laughs> Damn, now I'm, I'm, but I think that you, what, what did you just get? Hey, offered? Oh, this, graphic, just shoot this graphic novel <laughs> offer. I yeah. bet you could have, would have gotten that like two years ago if you were oh. showing people all your stuff, you know, all the time. Right. But you're just Does like a, not a very stuff? humble person. He doesn't ever promote it in the way that, you know. Oh, time out, though. I, I, I think <laughs> hey, separate. But from, that's kind of you to say. I mean, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think maybe let, let's let's open it up a little bit more because I think that, like, there's always the question of, like, who's paying attention to what. Like, I think the reason that I saw that spot that you're talking about, that McDonald's spot, is because you posted it on Instagram. Yeah, I posted it. Yeah. So, yeah. so like, I think it's more <laughs> like, yeah, look, like there, there's the the luck of, like, who's online when who, who people are posting whatever, right? But I think, like, in a more abstract sense or in a more universal sense, like, you're just saying that, like, everyone has to find a different way of authentically, but, like, with purpose, promoting themselves, basically, yeah, is what I think you're getting at. It's a combination it, of you, good work and good marketing. I mean, I, I, there is a real question, because I think, to me, I'd be like, oh, yeah, like, people are aware of you, Roxy, but, like, that's not the reason that they're hiring you. You're on a hot streak. Like, you're pitching things. You've got a lot of material. Like, this is a long time coming, right? Yeah. But it, it is frankly impossible to really understand the subliminal effects of a person's 
social media presence, that heartbeat that we're talking about of like just keeping you top of mind is it isn't a thing that we can really be aware of, but like it's probably 95% the work and 5% like, Oh yeah. Roxy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, you know, now that Instagram, cause I usually mostly use Instagram as, as the form of showing everybody what I'm up to. It's like the stories really help. And sometimes creating like a story within the story, you know, like being creative about what you're posting, not over posting and being obnoxious about things. And also making sure that your activities are diverse, mm-hmm. you know, that you're out supporting other people that you're also ingrained in the community. I think there's so many ways to be creative about that because at the end of the day, it's about engagement. And I think like being so lucky to work with so many different people and learn from so many different people in terms of marketing your material, marketing yourself, marketing your voice and marketing what it is you want to see attracts Mm -hmm. everything towards you. But yeah, there was two years of stagnation though. I'm not going to lie. Like I just took up producing jobs and killed myself (laughs) over producing music videos. I I think what we're really talking about though is that it's it's a, just an additional way that maybe we don't think about as filmmakers with a capital F of like how to build more work for yourself, right? Like it's another thing you can do. Carly. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, actually, I've talked to you about this, Roxy, but I, I think what you're do what Roxy's doing well, and what I would argue Tim is doing well. Hot yeah. take. Thank you. Um, Ready for this. <laughs> Is um, I when I was a younger filmmaker, I thought that I would get work by doing all sorts of things. Like I, I can direct docs, I can direct drama, I can direct comedy, and I think that is so wrong. That is not how you get work. You get work by doing one or two things or one really one thing really well. And so like you know the kind of stuff that you direct and your voice, and so that is why. If I were hiring, I'd be like, oh, I have this like cool, like sexy thriller with like maybe people of color in it. I would t- I would call you. I sure as fuck wouldn't call me. That's not what I have in my reel. But like, you know, I think it's about f- honing that like one specific or, or, you know, like what what's your sandbox? What's your specific sandbox so that when a project comes across my desk, I think of the specific person for it? Because if it's because if you're a person that can do anything, then no one's going to think of you for one specific right. thing. Yeah. Did you hear that, Oren? Yeah, no. I, I mean, I, I agree with everyone, and I don't know. I I guess I just sometimes when I see someone who does really good work, and I think like, oh, that person's like taken off, you know. And then it's like two years later, and they're still kind of doing the same thing. Because it's not fair. The industry is not equitable. Also, like you know, I had that short whatever this like nice ass short that did like killed in the festival circuit i was like oh my god i'm gonna get all the jobs i for sure didn't it just doesn't work that way you know it's like sure if i was mariel heller and i directed like what's the the seventh what's that movie Fuck, her first movie that one like maybe she got jobs right off of that but i think in general it doesn't work that way like it ebbs and flows you get hot and then you don't and then you're out for more jobs and it's just this kind of like this ocean like waves are coming in and out and you just have to kind of ride it. Yeah. And she's and not only is she super talented and had done a ton of things before that, but she was also very plugged in, you know, she was true, but and uh, she's good. And I think her yeah. last movie was one of the best movies of that year. Which uh, uh, we're having the writer yes. on, um, no, no, on no, December no. 4th. Wait, wait, no, 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 no. You're, t- 
Or when you're talking about the Mr. Rogers movie, oh, how really? how can you ever forgive me? Yes. Oh, oh, oh. Really can you ever forgive movie. me? It was yeah. incredible. It's really great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, why did no one talk about this? It's such a perfect I don't film. Know. It's so solid. It's so All good. of the performances are incredible. She was nominated for an Oscar, right? Most yeah, but just a screenplay or something? It just one yeah, line. And it then was small. Su- Best Supporting Actor. I think Nicole Holofcener was supposed to direct that movie. Yeah, and she didn't. She wrote it instead. Oh, that's right. Anyway. Anyways. Um, anyway. Okay, well, so final question hmm. is, what's what's your plan for Why next year? Why are you so bad at directing? <laughs> <laughs> no, what's, um, you know, you, you've you seen kind of this year. It sounds like it was good for everyone. I guess the answer I was looking for, which is my answer, is like I had some really cool jobs I that paid really well, but I feel like from a creative standpoint, I like 2018 better. I just feel like I made more interesting things and I felt like I, I want to course correct a little bit more and, you know, still do commercials, of course, but like try to find the more meaningful things where like I get to do the execution I want instead of the execution that like 40 people in a, I, a video I, village I want. I would say just to back you up a little bit though, Oren, I think some of my favorite spots of yours you did this year. I feel, feel like you had a really strong year. Thanks. Yeah, I feel like I found some spots that I can connect with in a in a cool way but I still feel like when I look back at like what they add up to and like where it leads to it's like yeah it's like a 10% better than my reel was last year you know and it it just felt like a small incremental advancement as opposed to like oh I'm super excited about this yeah and it turned into because I was kind of doing slightly bigger spots I was I just it's turned into more of like a chase of of commercial jobs as opposed to like, oh, you know, I'll do a commercial if it's right, you know. But otherwise, I have these other things I'm really excited about. Yeah, mm. yeah the they kind of replaced the excite the exciting jobs for me. Mm. The, the mm. chase is a real gear shift. I think that like everyone goes through at a certain point, and I think I'm in the roughest part of it right now. Where like, you know, you used to just get jobs without not without trying, but like they were easier, right? And then slowly, as you get bigger and better all of a sudden you're up against people with bigger better reels than you and so like now it's like a struggle to get shortlisted in a way that it used to be like well well yeah of course i'm like on the list it's fine like i basically already have this job but but they were small do you know what i mean like they were like Mm -hmm. teeny like they were like the beginner like early and so now that can be demoralizing right but i think what we're also kind of all circling around a little bit is that there's a lot of different ways that you have to make your own work and express your own voice whether that's like doing an instagram story or writing or like putting something away in the shoebox so i think that that's the thing that we're all you just have to constantly remind yourself of and i think is kind of maybe the most important thing about the show do you know it's just like oh don't forget like do your own stuff yeah don't wait for the offers, mm-hmm. which I yeah. feel like I've, 2019 was my year of like waiting for offers, even mm. despite the title of our podcast. Sure. Also, like filmmaking is just something that you just get better at the more you do it. Yes. You know, especially yeah. directing. It's like. And writing. My God. Oh, I a mean, thousand like, percent. Every, somebody was like, well, this is your first script that you've written. The one that these all these fancy people read. I was like, are you kidding me? 
You think this is the first script that I've written? <laughs> there are three that are, I would never let anyone read because sure. they're yeah. garbage. But totally. don't tell them that. You're I like, didn't, yeah, but I was yeah, like, this is my first. Trust me. I'm a I've genius. Written, I've written some <laughs> shit. We had this stuff. guy on the podcast perfect. that t- the first two scripts he wrote were on the blacklist. Okay, well, fuck well, that guy. Seriously? Uh, Sorry. I just feel like it cannot possibly be true. That can't be true. I think maybe that person is better at branding themselves mm-hmm. and that they threw a bunch away that they don't really count. Yep. Yeah. And I, like, even the script that I'm making now, my producer, eventually she was like, you know, when I first read your script, I was like, I have to make this movie. But then I reread it and I thought, the story has a lot of problems. <laughs> oh, my God. But her voice is so strong. Oh, that's cool. And I was like, okay. I well. guess. <laughs> That's so take it as a compliment. I took it as a compliment because I was like, wow, my voice is so strong that it's like it was such a fun read that you want right. to make the movie. But I was like, yeah, the story has problems. That's sure. also, All stories have problems. I, right. I yeah. love everyone. And also, I think most people reading scripts don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, like like the, like no one really knows until they made the movie. And uh, Tim, fifteen years ago when you were first on our podcast, yes, um, <laughs> it's true. Longer, longer. <laughs> you made a joke about how like sometimes Y two K. That's right. Y two K. Yeah, you were like, uh, I, uh, I'm curious to see where this lost show goes. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> saying uh, about how sometimes you feel like you're the only person who knows about the video you're making. Like right. sometimes the producers are just like, "Hey, how's it going?" And you're like, "Uh, okay, but like, <laughs> yeah, how, how come you don't know?" Well, yeah, it's like the difference between commercials and videos. Sometimes that kind of thing, where sure. it's like the commercial, you have 16 people in a focus group by committee telling you if you press the right oh right comedy God, button or no. whatever. Whereas right. in a video, I'll yeah, halfway through the shoot, my producer would come over and be like, uh, "Are how are we doing? Are we getting it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. up with the projector?" And you're like, "That's <laughs> like, the idea." You know. Yeah, or like, yeah. "Do you mind if I leave after?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that too. But but I think that that's kind of true, almost always. Even when you're in a commercial situation and everyone's like, you know, micromanaging you, like you're probably the person they're they're hiring you because you're the best person at execution. Like if they could do your job. They would love to do it for you instead. Sometimes they do, you know? I don't know. <laughs> Commercials are weird. Yeah, but but just in general, I, I guess what I'm saying is like someone can read a script from you, Carlin, and be like, oh, this is incredible. Oh, maybe not. But like until, like until you make it and prove to them that it's incredible, like they're all mostly just guessing. There's a few people. Or yes. However, they were reading like a second or third draft, and my story had problems. Like, like I, <laughs> sure, I needed that's development. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? You're not a perfect writer, of course. No, but like, no. but what I'm saying is, is that like sometimes you just have to go for it. Yeah, and and it's hard to know, and I still haven't figured it out. And I, I assume it's a lifelong journey of when to stop accepting notes and just make the thing you want to make. It's hard, and there's no like really. It's like when you're getting feedback on your shorts, or your features, and you have those those note sessions, and you're like. Oh my God, you're right. Oh my God, Tim, you're right. Mm. Oh sh- And then you go home and you're like, what do I do? <laughs> right. Sure. This is crazy. Like, how do I get connect back to the thing that I mm-hmm. want to make? Because I, this is my third draft with the, like the two studios involved with my feature. Mm-hmm. And I started rereading it and I was like, yeah, the voice that they all signed on for in the first draft they read is gone. Oh mm-hmm. no. And uh, what do I do? <laughs> Not totally gone, (laughs) but like a percentage gone because it's just like been because when you go into like 10, I I had like a four hour notes meeting on Monday and I was just like, 
Oh my God, that must. What have been do I do? So you know, demoralized. Yeah. So you have to f- finding connecting back to that voice that the guy you're excited about in the first place is is tough. We've been in table reads together where we'll, you mm-hmm. you'll do the thing where you'll buy everybody pizza and everyone will come on over and we'll all go around in a circle and talk about how we hated the movie that you just wrote. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> filmmaking is so fun. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I I think about the people that know enough to do real damage all the time. <gasps> all the time. Wait, what do you mean? There's some like, these like devil's advocate mm, people too, and I'm like, yeah. okay, Jim. Yeah, they're smart. Devil's advocate they're smart. Opinion. They probably have a couple screenplays under their belt, but they're ready to just like fuck Destroy your shit up. It. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And with best the best. Jim's not coming to my sure. table. Really. <laughs> yeah. Well, those people exist in commercials too, mm. right? That they actually why don't we and you're like, God. Why does it have to be the actually guy? You right. know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think as a general rule, like I, if the note excites me, then I will take it. And if the note is like, should technically start with the phrase, if I was making this movie, I would do this, mm. then I can ignore it, you mm-hmm. know, because mm-hmm. you are not making this movie. What know? if you, in the back of your mind, know that they're right? about like something you wanted to fix I'm like ah you're right i've I never knew had it. that feeling that nagging feeling <laughs> yeah yeah you've never had it Warren. Um, <laughs> i do think you have to do what you feel i mean i think if you get it, if you're getting a note or two and you don't agree with them i mean there's like sort of a tipping point where you, you can't do too many you, you should not do too many notes that you don't agree with i think because yeah yeah i like to get second opinions That's if they just try to get the same notes from you know, different people that I'm like, then that's something I really have to listen to. True. But at the end of the day, filmmaking is not about having the right or wrong answer. It's just about a choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like you choose to make that decision and you are the audience perspective for the audience you're choosing to make the film for. So I, it took me a long time. I mean, until I was just like not waiting for permission to be like, yes, this is my thing, which is why, you know, I do consider myself a commercial director for whatever I'm doing right now, but I let it all out in my short films and I still go and try and get hired on short films so that I have more freedom, you mm. know, where they respect me and then they're just like, we'll let you explore this and we, res- you know, we are a fan of your work. And I think that's a great way to create that balance of finding that fire again without feeling like you have 20 people telling you their opinions. Then it's like voting by committee on like a certain note that just like goes around the room, you know, because that's so that just kills you and like your confidence, you know, as a as a filmmaker. Okay, so I'm going to ask the question one more time. One paragraph answer from each one of you. (laughs) What's your plan for the next decade? Twenty twenty. For the beginning Ooh, of the next what? year. Sorry. What's your plan for 2020? 2020, yeah. My plan for 2020 is to take a script around and make a movie. It'll be my first movie. And to also, you know, make some serious progress with a TV show. Because that's, this is what I've been wanting to do the whole time is narrative work that tells the stories I want to tell in, in my vocabulary. And the rest of it, I just want to keep it going, make it better. I don't know. Cool. So are you going to change anything you're doing now? I'm going to change my branding. I was just about <laughs> to say that. Thank you. That's what we're, that's this whole, what up, we're having YouTube? this intervention. What Takashi, your what? boy here. I'm going to, at your life. Hit, you know, hit me up in the comments if you want. I'm just going to humble Remember brag. those old flip books? <laughs> I had this Damn. idea. Oh yeah. I have an ideas person. I have a lot of great ideas. Here's uh, one. You, you know, have a shoebox? Tim, I want to point out though, I love 
uh, your use of the word vocabulary, I think, is such a, <laughs> a stu- genuinely though. Like, I'm not like that's such a smart way of describing <laughs> style. Do you know what I mean? We're all laughing at you. No. <laughs> you I know why you laughed. I just thought it was adorable. No, I, it's a good, Roxy, it's I a love good your word. Vocabulary. <laughs> yes, it's a good word for, you know, for what like, you, yeah. your stuff you do. Taste. Yeah. Uh, night. Real saucy. Carlin, what, tell us your whole life plan. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, ideally in a, like what you learned this year and what you're going to do next year. God, I'm going to sound like a total asshole, but I I feel like I'm doing sort of more of the same next year. Um, That's totally fine. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I want to, I'm, I'm so close by Christmas or Hanukkah. I don't know when Hanukkah is. <laughs> it was last week. You've got a little bit of a range, Shit. too. You're doing um, great. Uh, <laughs> um, it was not last week. Don't say that to me. I'm from Seguin, Texas. Like I knew one Jewish family until I turned 18. <laughs> That's right. when they allowed you to hate Christmas. I'm from Florida. Yeah, Florida. It says Merry Christmas over the town. Yeah, yeah. it's a political statement. Anyways, um, I would say I want to. I'm so close to having a draft that we can start attaching talent to by Christmas, and then I want to make the movie next year. And I have another movie that I'm. And are you attached to direct? Yeah, dude. Okay. <laughs> I'm not writing this shit for someone else. Yeah. yeah. Does she look like what a chump? Hell? Cheers to that. Yeah, you free. got this. You got this. You. Jesus Christ. Do you want to direct Cheers this to movie? That. Yeah, I'll, I'll direct it. <laughs> Roxy will direct it. No. Roxy's like, I would never do that to Carly. <laughs> no. um, you don't want to work with me. I'll be a monster. Like, that's not how I envisioned it. Um, I'm going to make this movie. I have another movie that I started outlining that I want to write very quickly because it's like, it feels just, it's happening to me in real life as we speak. And so I want to get that on paper. Um, More than a podcast. We can cameo as podcasters. Amazing. Amazing. Love it. Sold. And I want to, I feel like I'm like close to getting, I don't know that this, I'm just going to say it. I feel like this 2020 is the year I'm going to direct my first episode of TV. I don't know how exactly, yes, there you but go. I feel like it's like it's yes. coming and it's going to happen. You got this. There's something in the air. There's something in the air. I feel like it's going to happen. Next year for me, I actually am not trying to plan too much because I am on a hot streak right now and I don't want to break it. Um, and it was... I, this is kind of cheesy, but I, it just is what it is right now. It's like the holiday season is getting really near. And I've just been so freaking thankful for everything that's like happened so far. And um, I'm just really happy with everything. And I'm still learning and growing and messing up and learning. And I just hope I continue to do that with all the projects I continue to hopefully get hired on next year as well. So cool. that's really it. What about you, Matt? I'm ready for an episode of TV. I'm with Carly. I'm like so... 2020 is our year, baby. 2020. I'm ready. Can yeah. you be my sugar daddy? Yeah, deal. Oh my God, yes! I don't have to <laughs> work on me. I don't think you guys know the um, terms of that agreement, but we'll... No, that's fine. Sure. I, just, just, um, I don't have to work anymore. But yeah, yeah, an episode of TV I think would be nice. And then, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm headed for it. And then... I'm producing my wife's movie in early January, which is like pretty exciting. Amazing. Um, but I'd love to see my own project kind of come into fruition this year as well. Yeah. I so think that's Matt's a, that's directing a, a feature this year too, next yeah. year. Like, oh, yeah. like, you know, aim it for the summer. We'll see. It's in the works, you guys. Good. I'm, like, I'm clawing at it, right? Amazing. 
But I feel like I've said that for a couple of years. This is the year. It's like it's do or die. New decade. You know what I mean? Yeah. Someone's Ooh. gonna said that. Exactly. Well, I moved here in 2005. It's so like almost 15. It'll be 15 years ago next year. And uh, I feel like my dream when I when I moved here, I did all these Craigslist jobs, short films, like what just the crappiest things you could do, and I would carry all my own C stands and lights and I'd shoot things and edit things and do everything for like pretty much free. And I had like, I got an SUV because I needed to always load equipment. And my dream was like to not have to ever carry like another C stand, not have to like get my hands filthy with like cables sure, and stingers like, and loose things a, and a like crappy small car. And it's going to yeah, be great. Well, why I is want this a convertible. <laughs> yeah. But I think for 2020, I want to like, go back to that i want to yeah. get like a sony a7s i'm really praying that their next model comes out like within the next couple months hmm. so i don't have to get like a four-year-old model and i want to get like i have some lights but i think lights have changed in 15 years they have. um get a couple <laughs> lights and i just want to like kind of go <laughs> do like you know and even if it's just photography or just something that's just i just feel like i'm in this i love this for rut, you yeah um and make things you know, I'm working on a scripted podcast. And I'm going to record it. I'm talking to actors next week. and I'll give you a good rate cool. on the microphones. Awesome. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I know some people with really monotone voices that mm-hmm. might be available. Oh, yeah. yeah. that's The podcast is called it's Monotone. It's me and Tim. Tim. <laughs> and this is me using the voices. microphone every time. <laughs> no offense to you guys, but I kind of like invented the monotone thing. Oh, so. <laughs> that's true. Um, the best man at my wedding said he thought I was a robot. For uh, most of the no. time, he knew me, and everyone at the wedding agreed. Wow! So I think I have you. That's on a huge a compliment. Little, a sure. it is, it is traditionally a little bit of a roast, right? I think that's, that's no. I had just hired him that day. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, I had my robot made like... do it. For me. Robot <laughs> my made. Ex-wife. Yeah. Wow. Initiate protocol. Um, I like that. You're going to get your hands dirty. Yeah, yeah. Just because I I feel like. You know, I come from like an engineering background and the making of stuff is much more inspiring to me than the thinking about the making of stuff, which you guys might call writing. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, so I just want to kind of get back, spit take there. Get <laughs> back into the uh, getting my hands dirty. Before we, we move on, though, uh, the thing I love about your, your point, Oren, is that it's a thing that you have very tangible control over. And I feel like a lot of us are like, ah, you know, like thinking about things that we don't we can't really will into existence in quite the same way. There's nothing stopping you from like going to pick up some gear and shooting something yourself. Yeah. So. And kind of to offer a counterpoint to what Roxy said, which is the more you direct, the better you become. Like I kind of think in my career personally, for me, it does. You've only got worse, only worse. No, but I feel like <laughs> I get stuck in trend in, in things that I do. I love handheld. I love this. I always dolly in, never dolly out. <laughs> What does that even say? Like, um, and and I try to challenge. I'm like, let's do. It's a comedy spot. Let's not move the camera. Let's just try not moving the camera. And then I just end up moving the camera. So I feel like I have. I go in a, in certain directions, and I have to like course correct. So I, I feel like I get to be a better director, and then a slightly worse director, and then I have to go in the other direction. Sure, but that's still just trial and error. Yeah, I'm, and I'm become more experienced. Hell yeah! But cool. Well, are you are you guys cool to hang out for some unpaid endorsements? Unpaid endorsements. I thought maybe uh, you feel free if you have anything else you pre-planned to endorse to endorse it. But I thought, what's like a thing that when you do have imposter syndrome, when you are feeling kind of down on your creativity that you do to get yourself like re-inspired and something that I do 
like a lot of times when I direct something and I'll edit it, even if I'm not the editor, I'll edit my own copy and I'll just kind of work on it over and over and over and move the frames and get feedback and do notes. And I feel like it keeps getting worse and worse and I kind of hate it by the time I'm done with it. Um, but if I ever go back to stuff I directed like five years ago and I watch, it, I'm like, oh, it's pretty good, you know, and it, it kind of like makes me happy again. And I look at my storyboards. I'm like, oh, we pretty much shot the storyboards. I feel like I feel like that way about jokes I wrote, actually. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's the exact joke I like. Mm. Yeah. Do, like, you know, do you guys ever get that? Yeah. Or like, or like the, oh, the aesthetic is like, oh, yeah, that, that that's looks so cool. cool. I was just about to say that. I was like, yeah, I visit my old self and I'm like, hey, this person five years ago has more of a voice than who I because yeah. you, you get lost uh, along the way and you're yeah, like, sure. all these other voices make you more commercialized. I'm like, I really respect what she was doing back then. So it's nice to find that again. Yeah. yeah. And you also realize that even though you don't like what you just made, it's because you're like so close to it, you know, and you've, yeah. you've looked at every frame and. It's probably really, really bad, though. Also, <laughs> and that too. For for me, when I feel like aware that I'm an imposter and I shouldn't be allowed to do any of this stuff, I I go to my mind goes to, to a weird place, which is I go, well, we're all imposters. I should remember that we're all imposters. We don't even know what we're doing on this planet. Like we don't we don't know anything. So. It's really fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. None yeah, of it like matters. We're not curing cancer. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's it's just. A, or we are. Maybe we are. Who knows? Who knows? We're imposters. Yeah. We don't know. What do you do, Carlin? Do you ever like write a bad scene and you're like, that scene doesn't is oh, bad? Oh, every day I write a bad scene. Um, how, how do you move on? Look, I'm kind of a nerd, if I'm being honest. I love screenwriting books. I've, re- I've read like 15 of them. Mm. And I keep them whole. And I like today. I just I dug up a book that I was like, oh shit! I have this book called Writing. Hold on, something about emotion. I crap. I wanted to remember this. Um, something about emotions and writing. And I was like, this is a stupid book. It had some great tips (laughs) (laughs) Um, on character. And I was like, oh yeah, this is a this is so I like to go back to to books and just like. If I'm stuck in a script, I will set it. I'm big on calendars and time, obviously. I will set like 20 minutes on the clock and I'll let myself reread a part of Robert McKee's story Hmm. for 20 minutes and see like what parts of that re-inspire me. So I did that. I think it's called Writing for Emotion. I I don't remember. I'll figure it out. But but a part of it today was like, oh, this is really helpful. Because you never know. It kind of like sparks something. Yeah. Like they'll be like, if a character does this, then we should see the opposite character do the opposite thing. That's like, what literally is one yeah. of the tips. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like, you know, it, how to reveal character. Like how do people react to the character in a scene? In um, The Matrix, how do right. people react to and this guy? And then you guy? just copy like, the oh, scene yeah. from The Matrix. Yeah. And that's a hit. It's <laughs> a lot of bullet time in your movie, <laughs> yeah. Carlin. I'm pretty excited I love for bullets. <laughs> I love men in trench coats. <laughs> Leather trench coats. Yeah, she loves just My shooting My comedy stuff. about sex ed is just a bunch of people in trench coats. <laughs> yeah, sure. Slow <laughs> motion. I like to watch this. Roxy, you feel good about uh, what you were saying with Oren concurring? Or do you have an additional th- additional thoughts on your Oh, when conversion? I'm impostering? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I I do a lot of things. I think it's 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 good to find hobbies outside of this because I know that like oh sure you know because like this is what we love. Obviously, this is why we're doing it, and we chose to do this thing. 
to hopefully also make money as well. But it gets a little bit too much. I like playing my violin. Um, uh. I like, you know, um, dancing. I like talking to my dog who hates me. Um, <laughs> and then taking walks. I know it's like I'm the most extroverted introvert you'll ever meet. Hmm. I like to walk by myself a lot and just like yeah, make Los Angeles. Yeah, maybe that's why your dog hates you. I know. <laughs> like, take me on one of these walks. I'm introverted. Get away from me. Yeah. No, I, I think it's, it's good to find other hobbies and explore other things because um, you're always growing and you're always allowed to evolve, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Matt, can I um, just do yours? <laughs> I would, yes, I would love to hear what you're going to say. Go to film festivals. <laughs> no, that's a good one, though. That's great. Yeah, watch other people's horrible movies and be like, wait, I'm way better than that. But, <laughs> but that's that's the orange take on going to film festivals. I feel like that that's what you love the most about film festivals. For oh, sure. yeah. the It's it's kind of the Tim thing where it's like, wait, these are all imposters, you know? Like, yeah. when you go to a film festival and you see Tim that stuff. Tim meets it on, like, a cosmic philosophical <laughs> level. He's like, Tim's saying, like, what are we doing here, man? What does life even mean? <laughs> and yeah, you're like, Tim's <laughs> like, other people suck. Yeah, yeah. He Just did not shit on other people. <laughs> oh, my God. As, as the president of Orin's, I'm sorry, I'm the, pres- I'm the vice president of Tim's fan club, and I think he meant what Enlo said. Yeah, yeah uh, but There's elections are coming screen. up, Carlin. So that's right. <laughs> I have a lot of sway with the. Uh... Well, that's really, all right, everybody. Um, I, I would say the other thing I do for imposter syndrome is a thing that I talk about on the show a lot. Is um, Linda Berry talks about just writing gobbledygook, just writing like the alphabet, just just literally the act of putting words on a page, even if they are utter nonsense especially if they're utter nonsense if you keep doing that for long enough eventually the act of physically creating words on a page does something to your brain and eventually something comes out and oftentimes it's a thing that you don't have as much control over and that can be more pure and more interesting and that can kind of unlock whatever anxiety or apprehension you had about yourself like if you just literally are just doing the thing even even just pretending to do it is really intensely powerful cool mm. agree it's intensely powerful are you a, a a linda berry fan tim who's linda berry she's a comic book artist hmm. um who, who's kind of like oh man she's the mm. best Patron how many say, pages do you have to write before you start writing something it doesn't matter well for you though you know, for uh, you though, it, it t- you know, sometimes <laughs> it takes a while. Sometimes it's pretty fast, you know, but like it's literally just like that muscle memory. Mm. But she, like, I cannot recommend. Linda Berry has like a, a handful of books about writing and the creative process. She like became a teacher in her like second chapter of her life, but she was like a like an alt indie comics creator for a long time, and now is like doing deep deep work on creativity and the nature of creation hmm. and like does like a speaking series and stuff google her linda berry linda with a y she's like what l-y-n-d-a <laughs> l-y-n-d-a she also you does guys... tutorials on every piece of software <laughs> linda.com yeah yeah canceled i, I love how literally, <laughs> literally like I love how much that... My <laughs> ultimate endorsement is Linda Berry. <laughs> so mad. <laughs> to you up. Um, well, cool. Well, if no. we want to see... If we want to yeah. follow you guys on social media, Tim, do you do social media? Sure, I do. I'm at Venmo. Uh, <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah, hit me up on Venmo. Yeah, Venmo account is Carlin Des Hudson. That's pretty good. Instagram Carlin Hudson. Thank you so much. I can't believe we've never had that one before. My Venmo. Wow. Venmo account Roxy Dash She. All right, Instagram we'll Roxy She. If we get we five bucks total, I'll be psyched. Oh man, there we go. Wait, I'll be a tiny bit pissed because we've been promoting this Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Support our careers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, wait, Tim, you're <laughs> at Tim Nakashi? Yep. You on heavy, everything. Heavy branding On Venmo, site. Vimeo, all of it. <laughs> and N-A-C-K-A-S-H-I. That's true. Thank you. And Carlin with a Y? Carlin's with a Y, like George Carlin, rest in power. Like mm. Linda. With a Y. Like Linda Barry. Like Linda. Who the fuck is Linda? I'm going to look her up because I, you know, I'm a, I love this stuff. Down. I've endorsed her at least three times yeah. on the show. Well, I don't, I don't, I mean, I hear a lot of episodes. But sure, not sure. Every one. I've yeah. never heard her name before, but go on. That's it. <laughs> Carlin Hudson. Okay. At Instagram Roxy. slash Venmo. <laughs> Roxy? Roxy. I just said it, Roxy. <laughs> R O X. What are you? What are you on Instagram and uh, your other places? That's literally it. It's just Instagram, so it's just R O X Y S H I H. Thank you. Cool, Roxy Sheen. Yeah. Uh, I'm at O Kaplan on Instagram. I'm at Mr. Mavemo, and the show is at Just Shoot a Pod across all social media. This episode was edited by Sarah Weirda. Our webmaster is Ewan Williams. And if you have any questions or comments or want to even ask our guests anything, email us. We'll forward it on to them. We know all of them pretty well. Just shoot it pod at gmail.com. And the music you're listening to is from the artist Desire and the Free Music Archive. Additional music uh, for our ad music by Music Battle, who also sponsors the show. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>